Good morning, it is Tuesday, May 5th, and this is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus outbreak in mid-Missouri. This week, the state of Missouri is slowly beginning to reopen, according to Governor Parson's plan. This coming at a time when we have yet to see a strong downward trend in positive cases across the state, and the numbers we see now are likely a reflection of what we did a week or two ago. Today on Community Pulse, we'll continue the discussion on reopening and testing. Joining me by phone is Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, which airs every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on KOPN. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Tim. Uh, thank you so much for uh, welcoming me onto the airwaves, and thank you to our listeners. Um, I think a lot of us are getting tired of this, um, and I... The data shows that most of us were excited about locking down, or maybe not excited. We were willing. We brought a lot of energy to it. Mm-hmm. Cell phone data showed that we really slowed down what we were doing. And about a week ago, the cell phone data shows that we're out moving about. So um, I think we're going to we're gonna see a lot of political pressure to blame what happens on our leaders. And I'm going to say that many of our leaders are disappointing me in some various ways. Um, but also, um, it is taking a lot of internal leadership for me to keep doing, um, the things that I need to do, which means a reevaluation on a daily basis. And, um, and I just want to, it means changing. We've changed so much of our lives and I want to be grateful to everybody who has done that and um, is helping. Right now we're, we're in a place where the heroic thing to do is to be um, less active and to um, be less interactive. And that's not typically the way we've uh, perceived heroes, but that's what we're doing. So before I, we talk a lot more about that, I wanted to do the numbers. Uh, we've got 3.7 million documented cases in the world. Um, And the smart people that I'm following are saying that it's probably anywhere from 10 to 20 times that because of our limited testing. Um, 253,000 deaths and 1.2 million people recovered. In the United States, we've got about a third of the worldwide cases, 1.2 million, uh, even though our population is nowhere near the uh, one out of three. Uh, 70,000 deaths and 188,000 people who are recovered or recovering. In Missouri, uh, we're up to 9,017 cases with 391 deaths. So we've had an additional 300 cases, a little bit 350 cases in the last 24 hours. Um, And then uh, on Saturday, we had a similar number uh, with a uh, less on Sunday. And that probably has to do with the fact that we just don't do as much reporting on Sundays. uh, Boone County's numbers uh, on Matthew Holloway, where I, uh, who I follow, has been um, adjusted down to 97. They were, I think, 102 yesterday. Um, and it's just hard to know exactly uh, how many cases are in each county. And some counties, I'm not pointing any fingers at Boone County because I don't know if they're doing this, but many counties are playing a game of trying to kick the can of, oh, well, no, this person, they might live in a nursing home, but... They just in our county, but you know, a month ago they were living at home in so and so in the neighboring county, and so they shouldn't count as a Boone County resident. Right, or maybe you live in one county but work in another county, 
or something like that? Well, that one is clear. It is where you live okay. is where these cases are reported. So as we're looking at these cases, remember that many people work and shop and travel and visit people um, uh, into neighboring counties. So the Boone County cases are not where you got the disease, but where you live. Okay. So many of the surrounding county cases are people who, who might have picked it up in a hospital or a nursing home or a workplace in Columbia. But because their permanent address is in another county, that's where the case gets gets um, counted. Um, and there are there continue to be some counties in Missouri who have no reported cases, and there are county officials in some of those case, counties who are very attached to saying that they continue to have no cases. Um, Callaway County has 23 cases with one death. Saline County, um, just a tiny little increase from yesterday, 204. Montauk County is pretty stable at 50, at 42. Um, the Mississippi County down in the boot heel where there's a large prison that they've done a lot of testing in is just up to 29 cases. And I am there, the Whoever is in charge of doing the case, the testing has been really slow to release those results. And so I don't think that those results have been released yet. So, um, and I want to talk a little bit about testing because it's what's been on my mind. And I'm wondering, Tim, because I am perseverating about this, whether there are any questions on your mind about testing that could help me clarify what it is that people do or don't. And if you don't have any questions, I don't need to put you on the spot. But. Well, it, it seems like the prevalence of testing, at least locally, has increased, and we have a greater capacity. Although, well, can we talk a little bit about the, capacity for a yeah. moment? Sure. So, yeah. So this is one of the things that's really irritating me, mm -hmm. is that there are different voices saying different things publicly. So uh, our public health officials are saying that, yeah, we could do an extra thousand tested, 100 tests a day. And when I talk to my source at the lab that I'm processing my orders through, they're like, oh, no, we don't we we can't do that many more tests unless the public health department has access to swabs. So the testing that we're primarily talking about right now is the testing for the virus. So it means to swab up your nose. that's a little uncomfortable. Um, maybe it's a lot uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> and then it, that swab gets put into a vial that has a little bit of a fluid in it that's called viral transport media, and then that gets sent to the lab. And we have this lab locally, Genitrate, that is doing what, for, by all accounts, is an excellent job. Haven't met them. I'm not doing quality control there, but what I hear is that everybody's really thrilled that we have this lab here. And the lab is saying they could be doing way more tests than they're doing. But we have a shortage of the swab, the little thingy that goes up your nose. We don't have enough of those. So I don't know, it was about a week ago where folks in the, um, at the city council had a belief that we could do 100 more tests a day. And I contacted my contact and she said, I've got 900 swabs, period, end of statement. I might get another 100 or two, but I don't know. Everything's back ordered. So we can't do an extra 100 a day for very long without running out of the swabs. So, and apparently the swabs are on short supply uh, globally. Um, and in the early days, what was in short supply was a little bit of fluid in the bottom of the tube, the viral transport media. And so apparently we had some people make some more of that. 
And so now we've got another rate limiting step, which is the swab. Mm-hmm. So I just contacted the person that I was, um, that's my contact person at the lab. And she is telling me that um, one of the things that's happened is we have now listed, lifted the, the, um, the limitation on non-emergency surgeries and other medical procedures in much of the state, including in Boone County. And what we're wanting to do is to test all those people, you know, so suppose you need your hip replaced or you need a, I don't know, a cancer surgery, part of your body removed, or you need your gallbladder out, but, you know, it's not, you're not, don't have a fever right now and you're, you know, you're pretty stable. So these are scheduled surgeries that people schedule. And what we're saying is, well, since we can schedule it, let's test you before we bring you into the hospital so we don't spread the COVID in the hospital. Interesting. And so we're increasing the number of tests we're using for scheduled things. I also hear that we are now testing everybody who is pregnant and about to have a baby in the hospital. And the latest I heard is that now what they're doing is they're asking um, pregnant people to quarantine, uh, the women's and children, quarantine at 37 weeks. Uh, test at 38 weeks, and then at 39 weeks, you go in the hospital and get induced. Um, For everybody across the board. That is the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very clear to say, at least in the, the report I was reading this morning, is that they hear that they're making recommendations, but that people um, are able to consent. Uh, however, they're saying that they're there, there is a possibility that you can delay that to 41 weeks. And they're very clear to state that there's consent involved in the 39, 40 to 41 weeks, but it sounds like maybe there's not in the negotiating after 41 weeks, which is in violation of human rights as far as I'm concerned. There is no, there's no ethical way to insist that every person get a particular procedure, especially if the hospital involved and the people who are recommending it stand to make a profit off of that, that seems really um, sketchy to me. But it has been there's been always been a lot of pressure on pregnant people to be induced after 41 weeks. Um, so, so if we're testing all of the people who are going to give birth in our hospitals in Columbia, and you know if we're doing that statewide, there's you know about a million babies. I'm sorry couple of thousand babies born in the in Missouri every year so we're going to be using up testing about that so um, the testing capacity is way this is the truth that has been true that seems to have been true since the very beginning is that public officials have been promising testing way more than what has actually been available to me as a person who can order the test so in central Missouri um, the number so we're testing now more people without symptoms because of these scheduled procedures and and I think that we're what I'm hearing is that we're way down we're about a third of the of the numbers of daily tests for people with symptoms and I think part of that is that there was a little bit of a backlog when we couldn't test and everybody was anxious to get tested and I think we've also been doing social distancing in an effective way. And so all of the other things that cause, many of the other things that cause cough, respiratory distress, I mean, shortness of breath and fever are also not being spread from person to person in large daycare facilities, in schools, in restaurants, in workplaces. And so there are maybe fewer symptomatic people. But I think there are still a lot of people who are afraid for one reason or another to get tested or concerned that it would cost them money. Right now, testing is free. 
or don't want to get the swab, are afraid that if they test positive, they'll lose their job. There are many reasons why some of our most vulnerable people are not being tested. The um, uh, Department of Boone County Health Department is going to be doing some mo- truly mobile testing. That is, they're going to Ashland and, I'm sorry, Centralia, other other towns in Boone County. And I think that that's going to be helpful and may make the testing a little bit more visible. But I'm concerned that this is not really the most effective way to get to the people who aren't being tested because it's not been something I've been hearing that the reason people aren't getting tested is because they don't have transportation. Um, I'm sure there are some people that that's true for. I think that um, there are a lot of people who um, are not getting tested because they don't think their symptoms are bad enough. Uh, or for all these other reasons. So, um, you know, I, I, I am not a public health professional, and I'm really glad that I'm not on that hot seat right now, and I'm also glad I'm not a decision maker. But I, um, I am frustrated with the, the mixed messaging about testing. So at this point, we still need to increase our capacity for testing. Right, the and this, other... uns- this uncertainty about our capacity is really concerning for a lot of people because... The, one of the main pillars of reopening, at least in Missouri's plan, is rapidly expanded testing capacity, right? Right. Since the very beginning, the, our leaders, our president, our governor, have said, oh, testing is going to be available very soon. And apparently that word does not mean the same thing to them that it means to me. So mm-hmm. I was hoping it would mean days, and apparently it means months. So we are gradually and slowly increasing our testing capacity in stops and starts. So we, you know, can, oh, yeah, you can. But we, I am still being asked to limit testing to people with symptoms. So we, we know our, our surveillance so far is telling us that somewhere between 15 and 50 percent of people with this infection have no symptoms or don't have symptoms yet. But we believe those people are likely to still be able to infect other people. And so when we don't test asymptomatic people, we may be missing 15 to 50% of the, of the number of people who are spreading the virus in our community. And that, and then, you know, it's like, what do you mean by symptoms? So, you know, often in retrospect, when you've had an illness, like, oh yeah, you know, I got my fever on Thursday, but Tuesday I was kind of dragging. Um, And are we going to test everybody who, I mean, is everybody going to stay home just because they were tired? Most of us don't. So, um, and in these conversations I'm having with people where I'm ordering tests, there are many people who are going about doing things that they would not do if they knew they were positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a little concerning to me. And I, I think it may be true for all of us. Again, we're all getting tired of doing these huge heroic changes in our schedule. Um, and I'm tired. I don't have small children at home. So the people who have small children at home are still trying to work from home. I just, my hat's off to you. Um, anyway, so I, I, testing is not as available as um, many of us would like to believe after we hear the news report. And I'm not saying that anybody is not telling the truth. I think that we all really just want to believe that things are not as dire as they are. We want to believe that things are better. So I'm concerned that we are uh, reopening Missouri at a time when we have increasing cases in the state. Our cases in Boone County are pretty stable, 
as far as we know, but we're still limited with testing. We're still, as far as I know, we're still limited with personal protective equipment. And the other concerning thing is the Missouri Hospital Association has has changed the way they're reporting hospital bed availability and intensive care unit bed availability. So I don't know if you've noticed, I haven't commented on the last couple of days, last week or so, because Matthew Holloway, who's my primary source for that, is um, not reporting it because the numbers are bouncing around pretty wildly. Um, apparently reporting is voluntary, um, and there's a different number of hospitals reporting every day, so it's hard to know whether the difference in numbers has to do reflects reality or just reporting changes. So when we don't know what our hospital capacity is, and we don't know how many te- how many people have it, and we don't know if we're going to really be able to continue testing at the rate we've been because of short supplies. I am really concerned that people are going to expose themselves more, or already are. Um, and I'm my focus has been laser my my attention has been laser focused on our most vulnerable workers, um, or most. <laughs> The people who are first responders, uh, emergency personnel, and hospital workers, and I don't mean just doctors and nurses, there are lots of people with various roles that make a hospital run. And all of them are very vulnerable if we increase our numbers too high or too quickly to being asked to do um, really horrible things. And I'm not saying they would do things that we would, they're going to experience and witness things that are going to cause trauma trauma to them physically and personally. Many of them will get sick. Um, and I think that we, um, for me, that has been one of my primary reasons for asking people to social distance, wash their hands, wear a mask, um, because if we get our numbers too high, then our healthcare system uh, starts to falter. We can't provide the same kind of care we've all been trained to do. We're all motivated to do that. Most of those people will run themselves ragged to do. Um, and people will begin to die from not being able to get the adequate need. And um, this is this is the reason that I continue to encourage people to be very careful and to be very thoughtful about what they do and who they do it with. So yeah, so that's what I have to say about testing. I am hoping that, let's see, oh, no, I have another thing. The other test that we're hoping to be able to do is an antibody test that will tell you whether you had it. And there is a rumor that maybe later this week we will have antibody tests available at a local lab in Columbia. To whom and how many and how fast, I don't know. That will require a blood draw. But it will help people answer the question of, have I already had this? You know, I was really sick in January or February, and I'm telling you I was sick in a way that I've never been sick before, and I'm thinking I really had that, and so maybe I don't need to be as careful. And or maybe I can donate plasma to the, you know, to the program at the university where they're using convalescent plasma to help people who are terribly sick get well. And I think that this will be really helpful in helping people answer questions like that. I'm going to tell you that so far, based on the hundreds of conversations I've had, the 85 to 90 or so tests I've done, uh, folks in central Missouri who got sick in January and February probably did not have COVID. Um, illnesses in March and April are much more likely to have been COVID, but still the 
predominant number of people who've had COVID-like symptoms have been testing negative. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but these antibody tests, as we know now, they don't necessarily confer immunity. Is that correct? We don't know yet. Um, so far, we in, when I'm reading it, my sense is that these um, antibodies probably confer some protection. Whether people with antibodies can still get the disease and spread it is the biggest question I don't have yet. But the fact that convalescent plasma is helping people recover tells me that it must be modifying the illness in the people who have it as well. So, we, you know, these are still questions to be answered, and it doesn't necessarily mean that people can now stop wearing masks and go about what they wanted to do. But it would be really lovely to be able to identify those frontline workers who have antibodies. Right. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about testing. Thank you so much for listening to me um, uh, go on and on about it. Thank you to all of my neighbors and community members who are staying home and modifying their behavior. Well, thank you so much, as always, Dr. Alleman. We really appreciate your insight and your commentary. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, and that is it for today's edition of Community Pulse. Thank you so much to everybody who's tuning in. Every morning, I do want to take one moment this morning to discuss Giving Tuesday Now, which is a day happening across the world, a celebration today in support of organizations offering essential services during the pandemic. And radio is among those services. And throughout it all, KOPN has been here to bring you these local public health updates every weekday morning on Community Pulse music you can't hear anywhere else, and community connection without even having to leave the comfort of your own home. Your continued support makes this all possible, and if you're able to give at this time, please consider making a donation to KOPN today to keep community radio strong in mid-Missouri. We truly couldn't do it without you, and we depend upon the support of our community to keep community radio thriving as it has for over 47 years. You can donate to KOPN online at www.kopn.org donate and on Facebook. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. Coming up next is an abridged version of Background Briefing, followed by many more lovely programs you can only find here on KOPN Columbia. <laughs>